This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. What the prodigal son does is what the church begins to do when it's detached from the father. This boy, he goes and he finds himself a master so that he can feed himself even if it's pig food. First of all, he says he goes off to a far off country and he hires himself out to a Gentile. Please track with me. There's a lot of very current day parallelisms in over here. He hires himself to a Gentile. This person is not a covenant person. This person has no relationship with the children of Abraham. This person that he's working for has no relationship with his father. He hires himself to some foreigner somewhere. How does this apply to the demeaned church? Luke 15, 15. So he went off and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And today, we have churches who've hired themselves out to politics. Believers today are divided in this country not because of news, but because of prodigal churches who've sold themselves out to politicians. I thought the church would be applauding for that, but you didn't because it's a little too true and it hits a little too close to home. Today, there are churches growing in leaps and bounds because of the pastor's political affiliation. Shame on such churches. When we married ourselves to the world, we're no different from the prodigal son who hires himself out to feed pigs. Today, this massive beast that we call the church has bills to pay. It's got debts it's got to take care of because it grew in leaps and bounds through its entertainment and pop psychology. Because Yeshua was not the shepherd, because my shepherd says he will provide all my needs. I don't need to beg man. I don't need to be politically correct. I need to please the liberals or please the right-wing people. I just need to preach Jesus. But today we have leaders and churches who've sold themselves out to people so that they can eat pig food, to hell with pig food. I want the word, the bread of life, and that's what I want my church to be fed with. The senior pastor is no longer the shepherd. Politicians are. The church elders are no longer the leaders. It's the heavy tithers that are leading the church. And so today we have pastors who are getting burnt out. And the eldership team says, get out then. If you cannot cut the bill, we'll find somebody else. Shame on the church. It's demeaned itself. You know what's the worst thing? These people that the church hires themselves out to, we call these people Jesus. Because our convictions cannot sit still. So we say, no, this person is God sent. No, no, this person is giving us a lot of money. God sent him. No. 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 No, 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 no. 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 This breaks my heart. Because... I've been in this country for a little over a decade. And I've been doing ministry in this country for a little over a decade. And I've seen this far too many times. When someone is doing well, there are people with money who will try to throw a saddle on your back and make you do their work. And the minute you say no, they will turn against you. They'll try to stop you by not funding you or stop you by not applauding you, stop you by turning people against you. And I'm here to tell you, man, it's been more than a decade I've been here and I'm still standing and preaching, looking good and healthy. Because my God, he's my shepherd and I've never been in want. 
People come and people go, but my God is here with me always, even till the end of the age. So if there's any pastor listening to me today and you're worried about your budget, you're worried about your debt, you got $20,000 to pay every single month, who are you trusting? Stop preaching to tickling ears so that you get more tithe money. No, we don't need that. When I got into ministry, God very specifically told me, you will never, ever ask for money. I will take care of your needs. And this was nearly more than 20 years ago. And I'm very happy to tell you that my God is a promise maker and he's a promise keeper. When we planted the church for the first couple of months, I didn't even have a dollar to my name. And I had a newborn baby that I had to feed. And if I were to tell you the stories and the way God provided, you'll be shocked. I mean, to the point of God knowing that I'm from India and I like rice, and I was out of rice. And that day, out of the blue, I get the biggest bag of rice without telling anybody my need. I will refuse to demean myself or my calling or the church to bow down to the big wigs of this nation or the people who have the, 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 the green. No. No. My God will supply all my needs. I'm not going to become like the prodigal church, running away in my selfishness, detached from the one who shaped my character, and I don't want to find myself demeaning myself, hiring myself out like a prostitute to please other people. This boy was blessed, was he not, when he was in his father's house? He was blessed, but he squandered his blessings. He brought curses on himself. He disrespected the relationship that he had with his father. He lost his sustenance. He lost his protection. Church, you need to know this. The world will make big promises to you, but it will not deliver. There's only one who makes promises and will always come through, and his name is... Jesus. You have to learn to listen to him. Here's another quote for you. Churches and Christians need to know who they've hired themselves out to. Is it to people or is it to Jesus? I'm not talking about your nine to five and your weekdays. I'm talking about your mind and your convictions. Who have you hired yourself to, man? Because you see, when you surround yourself with lukewarm believers, you're hiring yourself out to them. I spoke about this this last week. Broken people, misery loves company. When you're miserable, people are miserable, would want to keep you miserable so they don't feel alone. Who are you working for? Who are you submitting to? Who are you surrendering to? It got a little dark over there, wasn't it? Okay, we'll, we'll lighten it up a little bit, okay? Should we? Happy New Year! Too high. Let me illustrate this for you, okay? Because you're blessed. The reason why I'm saying this is because you have something that the world desires and wants. You're made by an eternal almighty God. You are blessed beyond you can ever imagine. You don't even know that. I didn't know when I was 17 years old that God would do what he did with me, man. If I knew, I would have fainted and fallen and I would have died. I mean, not just the material things, but intellectually and emotionally. If you knew my story, I am a walking, talking miracle. You have no idea. 
the, the darkness and depression I walked through, the fact that, that I'm married and my wife loves me is a miracle. The fact that my children, I have five of them, that when they see me, they smile is a miracle. Because I come from such brokenness. I've been homeless in India, which is far worse. Run away from home. But the thing is, God has a blessing on me. And God has a blessing on you. The reason why I'm saying this is because you oftentimes we waste our life hanging out with people who don't know that they are blessed and they're letting Satan speak lies to them and you are believing their lies. And I don't want you to believe lies tonight. You are blessed beyond belief. You are blessed. And the beauty is that what God blesses, no man can curse. Let me say it again. What God has blessed, no man can curse. You know what? In the Bible, in the book of Numbers, there's a guy named Balak, who's a king of Moab. And Balak sees the people of Israel, they're coming in, it's like locusts, they're coming in. And so he calls this prophet named Balaam. You guys familiar with him? He's the guy that has a donkey that speaks, right? Shrek, right? No, I'm joking. That's just my version of, it's like the chosen, making up my own stuff now. No, they say far worse things than this. I'm not going to get into that about entertainment devoid of truth. But this is what God tells Balaam. You shall not, Numbers 22, 12, you should not go with them, Balaam. And listen to this. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. You cannot curse them, Balaam, because they're blessed. Once again, I want you to know that you have a blessing and Satan cannot. All his demons in hell cannot. And even your neighbor that looks like Satan incarnate cannot Curse what God has blessed. You cannot curse them for they're blessed. And so Balaam, he doesn't listen to God. He goes there and second time around, the king sends his messenger say, come curse the people of Israel. And Balaam says in Numbers 23 verse 8, how can I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce that? How can I condemn whom the Lord has not condemned? Wow! No one can condemn you. The book of Romans talks about that. Who is to condemn? It's Christ Jesus who died. I didn't die on your behalf. I have no right condemning you. I cannot condemn whom God has not condemned. And once again, they try to coax him. And so Balaam goes, and you know the narrative of what happens. Balaam opens his mouth, and he begins to speak blessings over them. And this is what he says, Numbers 23, verse 23, just one little part of it. He says, no curse can touch Jacob. You want a promise for the new year? Embrace that one. No curse can touch you. I'll say it again. No curse can touch you because what God has blessed, nobody can curse. No curse can touch Jacob. No magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob what wonders God has done for Israel. And, and Balak doesn't give up. He doesn't give up, man. He comes back again because Satan doesn't give up on you. Satan doesn't say, you know what? Even when he tempted Jesus, says he did not tempt him until, an until the next opportunity showed up. Uh, Numbers 25, we see that when Satan couldn't curse the people of Israel. It's not specifically implied that this is what this king does, this is what Satan does, but we see this is how Satan works. Listen to this, verse, uh, number 25, verse 1. While Israelites lived in Shittim, that's a crazy name, Shittim, <laughs> like my backyard. Anyways, we'll move on, move on, move on. The people begin to whore with the daughters of Moab. These invited the people to the sacrifices of the gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. And verse 3 says, So Israel yoked himself to Baal of Peor, 
and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Yes, Satan cannot curse your blessing, but watch out. He lures you, tempts you to cause you to turn against the God of blessing and grace and mercy. And then you become a prodigal. You're cut off, detached. And then you begin to live demeaning the anointing of God in your life. And it says that the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Could it be possible that right now I'm preaching this message because God says, repent before I have to pour up my wrath and my anger because judgment will start where? In the house of God. And he's calling all prodigals who've taken the blessing and walked away detached from the Father, who've taken the blessing and because of lack of character, they've squandered it and now they're demeaning themselves, selling themselves to (coughs) all sorts of unholy, ungodly things. And now we've been yoked to the things of this world. Watch out for temptation of pleasure, prosperity, and purpose that causes you to be detached from God. You will end up demeaning yourself. And what the church needs is its redemption. It needs to be redeemed, bought back by the blood of Jesus. We need to repent. We need to come back from our wandering. We need to come back to the Father's heart. We need to come back to the Father's love. We need to stop seeking the pleasures of the flesh. We need to stop seeking the comfort that makes us feel more comfortable and not really being fired up with our convictions in relationship with God. We need to learn to pick up a cross daily and follow Him. Once again, in 2023, I want each and every one of you to know what it means for your Christianity to cost you something. We'll only be relevant when we're reunited to the Father, when we're redeemed by His love, and we're ready to invite the prodigal to the Father's house. Number three, the damned church needs to find her rejoicing. Now, I know that that can be shocking for me to use that kind of language in church, but for those of you who have been here, it's nothing. (laughs) Jokes aside, there's no easy way to express, there's no softer way to express the condition and the state of the modern church in this side of the world. Modern-day Christianity is on its way to hell. Modern-day Christianity is really that's not preaching the gospel, that's not preaching repentance from sin and embracing the grace of God. It's damned. The way Jesus explains this, it's not in flowery words. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014, Eagle, Idaho, 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 